you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I'm going to do a little bit of lengthy reading here as we dig through uh, the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter. And uh, we'll just see what the Lord has to say to us tonight. Amen. Are you excited about the Lord? Wow, this is going to be the last Easter Sunday night we're going to have here in this building. The last Easter Sunday night. Wow. And the new building is going to be so comfortable and uh, the parking lot's going to be so nice. Uh, we can't fall in at ease and fall asleep in church when we get there, all right? Amen. Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to begin with verse number 3. If you... Uh, would like to turn with me tonight. I know you often stand. I'm going to just let you be seated tonight. This is unusual, but we'll just read tonight as you are seated. Speaking to all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. A lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Verse number seven, and they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Verse number 11, and thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded your shoes on your feet your staff in your hand and ye shall eat it in haste it is the Lord's Passover for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast and against all the gods little g gods of Egypt I will execute judgment I am the Lord. Verse 13, and the blood, everybody say the blood. The blood shall be a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. With the help of the Lord tonight, I, I want to preach about the land. I want to make it very personal tonight, if I may. I'm going to just make it real personal. I want to preach about my land tonight. Would you make this personal tonight? Just bow your heads where we are right now. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your good people that are here this evening. I'm praying right now for the power of the Holy Ghost to rest upon your messenger and upon the message as I preach tonight. Let the anointing of God fall. Those who are in this room tonight, God, that may not know you in the power of your resurrection, Lord, that they may be filled tonight by the Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost. God, those that may not have the Holy Ghost may leave tonight being filled. Those that don't know you and walk with you may leave tonight walking with you afresh and anew. Maybe those that have walked away from you, I pray tonight, God, that you would draw them back to you by your power and your Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you, Dylan. The, the story in our text is a long one. Um, don't sigh. I'll not attempt to exhaust it in this message tonight. Uh, this didn't start with Jesus and the disciples. Uh, but it started way back in the Old Testament under the leadership of Moses. And Moses was, of course, directed by God. And he was directed by God to give us a type or a shadow of what is to come. You understand, a lot of things in the Old Testament are types and shadows of what is to come. And so, therefore, as we read the Old Testament, we see things and we see a type of what is to come. So we read about Adam in the book of Genesis and Adam of course is a type of Christ. We see things in Adam that we also see in Christ Jesus. And so when we get into books such as the book of Hebrews that deals a lot with the law but yet saying that better things Better things now are have come to us, and so there is a better, a better way. And so it is a great transitional book from the Old Testament to the New Testament that is revealing some of these very clear in like manner, therefore. And so we see these things very clearly in the New Testament. Our text tonight, of course, didn't it it, it all started with something that is called the Passover. Of course, we know that Jesus became our Passover lamb. And so when we read about the lamb, we can see the typology of the lamb because Jesus is our Passover lamb. And he was slain. And the blood of Jesus that must be applied 
to our lives. The blood of the Passover lamb, of course, was applied to the doorpost. So it's all in typology of what we see in the Old Testament that makes sense of it in the New Testament. And thus some people can read the Old Testament and come up with all sorts of weird and strange and whacked out ideas. But in all reality, if you read it and understand that it is Jesus Christ concealed in the Old Testament. In the New Testament is Jesus Christ revealed. Aren't you glad you know him tonight? Aren't you glad he's been revealed to you tonight? And so we know that Jesus became our Passover lamb. Now, there are several recorded observances of the Passover in the Scripture. The Bible declares that the Passover was definitely to be a night to be remembered. It, it was to be remembered and to be kept, of course, uh, for all the days that were to come. The, the Lord raised up a deliverer by the name of Moses, and the deliverer, Moses would lead God's people out of bondage. And you know this, this story. It's a childhood story that begins all the way back in children's ministry. And, and the story actually starts much earlier when Moses had a burning bush experience. And you know about that story while he's tending sheep on the backside of a Midian desert and he approaches and sees a fire that is burning. And yet, although a bush is on fire, it's not being consumed. And so then this voice thunders out of heaven. And the Lord says, take off your shoes. For you're standing on holy ground. So, so the story, of course, is much earlier in this burning bush experience. So he, of course, he tells Moses that he's going to go and take a message to Pharaoh. And he's going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And of course, Moses has an argument with God and starts telling God all the things that he believes that God didn't already know. And so he argues with God like we do in prayer a lot of times. You know, when God tells us something and we don't take His word, but instead we say, but God, don't you understand? Who am I to go and, and, and who's going to go with me? And I'm a man that's slow of speech. And he begins to tell God all of these reasons why that he couldn't do what God had called him to do. And so Moses goes and does what God said he was going to do. And God did exactly what he said he was going to do. But Pharaoh didn't respond the way that he was supposed to respond. He refused to let God's people go. Can I just inject here in this little storyline that your adversary never gives up easy. That's why some of us battle with things. Mm, you're not going to help me preach tonight. It's Easter Sunday night and you're all weary. You just wonder how soon I'm going to get through so you can get back to those Easter leftovers. It's always a fight to get to where you need to be in God. Mm. That was good right there. It's always a struggle if you're going to get to the place in God that you want. You'll never just coast to a new level in God. 
You're never going to reach the height of what God wants to do in your life and just drift in there. It's going to be a fight and a struggle. If you're going to walk in victory, you will never have a victory without first having a fight. And so there's going to be a struggle. But Pharaoh now, of course, refuses to let God's people go. But God said to Moses, don't worry about it. Because I, you do the leading, I will do the deliverance. Mm. Now there's a word for somebody. A long time ago, the Lord had to deal with me and let me know that he's called me to be the pastor. And that I'm better off just to preach and let him do the saving. Because if I think I'm the one doing the saving, we're in big trouble. Because I'm going to take all the blame with me for everybody that don't want to live right. And everybody that don't want to do right. And every time there's a problem, see if I take the credit for what God does, I've also got to take the credit when everything goes wrong. And so God was very clear. He said, Moses, you go and you lead the people out. But in the same chapter, he says, I will deliver them. You lead them. And so God says, don't worry, Moses, that he didn't do what you, what you, you did what I asked you to do. You went and told him to let my people go. And he refused to let, my pe- to let the people go. And so therefore, I will send plagues upon him until he decides to let my people go. And the Lord begins to declare that I'm going to Pursue Pharaoh and I will make him and I will make his life miserable. I'm going to put pressure on him until he lets my people go. And so then came the plagues of Egypt. Now I know I told you this is a long story and so it's going to be a a few minutes for me to get off the ground. But the flight is very short. There were ten plagues, of course. There was the plague of frogs. That would do it for some of you right there. There was a plague of darkness. I hate darkness. There was the plague of lice. I'm out. Flies and boils and disease. The plague of locusts. A plague of all the water turning to blood. That's just nasty right there. And then there was the plague of fire and hail that was killing people. But then the last and the most awful of all the plagues was the plague that I read to you about tonight. It was the plague of the death of the firstborn. That will get your attention. Now this this plague, of course, is connected with the Passover because the Lord says, I've got to figure out a way that I can do what I need to do to deliver the people. But I also want to save the people that need to be saved. And so therefore, He used the application of the blood To be a clear sign of those who were saved and those who would suffer the plague of death. 
Now, we talk about the Passover, and, and it's a celebration for us because it was the time that God delivered His people. But it was a plague unto Pharaoh. Imagine with me now. God's attention to the explicit detail of how that he was going to go about delivering his people, destroying people for the lack of obedience, and delivering people because they chose to obey. He said in the middle of all of this, I am going to include a lamb. I'm going to use that lamb's blood. He told Moses, I want you to call all of my people together. And when you pull them together, I want you to call the heads of household together. And I want you to get the household heads together. And I want you to tell them that they are to choose a lamb. Everybody is going to have a lamb. You tell them to choose a lamb for every household. And if that household is too small to be able to consume an entire lamb, I want you to get them together with other households and you tell them to share the lamb. I want that lamb not to just be any lamb. This lamb is going to have to meet certain qualifications. It, it, this lamb has to be a male lamb. It has to be the firstborn lamb of that flock. It can't have any spot or blemishes on the lamb. You're going to have to spend some time inspecting the lamb. Not, not anything can be wrong with it. It's to be on the first month of the year. It's to be on the 10th day of that month. Look at the explicit details. Everything is coming down together. I want you to take that lamb and I want you to keep that lamb in close proximity. I want you to bring that lamb up. That lamb's going to have to be brought up. It's got to come out of the pasture. It's got to come out of the field. You've got to bring this lamb into your house. And while you keep that lamb, I, I want you to make certain now, heads of household, that the lamb doesn't have a blemish on it. I want you to inspect this lamb every day. I want you to go over and over and inspect and re-inspect and make sure the lamb doesn't have a blemish, a scratch on it. It doesn't have a wound. It doesn't have a limp. I want you to make sure that there's nothing wrong with it, that it is a perfect lamb, that it is a spirit spotless lamb uh, uh, your job dad uh, I, I want you to I want you to understand sir that it is your job to make sure that the lamb is perfect and ready for the sacrifice then I want you to take that lamb and I want you to kill that lamb. And when you kill the lamb, you don't destroy any portion of the lamb. But you've got to do it in accordance to what I am telling you to do. You save the blood from the lamb. And every household must have a lamb. A lamb for every household. 
A lamb for every man. If you share the lamb, you must get together with somebody and you have to make an account for every soul and every man needs a lamb and every household needs a lamb because every household will either be saved or condemned because of the lamb. Before you kill this lamb, you have to bring this lamb in. You have to keep this lamb close to you. You have to become familiar with the lamb. You have to watch about the lamb every hour of every day because this lamb is going to do more than all the other lambs in the flock. This lamb is going to do more than supply a little wool for your house. It's going to do more than just clothe your house. It's going to do more than just feed your family for a few days but this lamb has got to be a perfect lamb because this lamb is doing more than filling your belly or covering your back but this lamb is going to save your life and this lamb is going to save your family In verse 3 of our text, I want you to pay attention with me now when the scripture first starts talking about every man needs to take a lamb. Everybody say a lamb. But in verse 4, it goes a little further. In verse 4, it is referred to as the lamb. Not just a lamb, but the lamb. The directions are made clear. You take the blood of the lamb. I want you to take hyssop and you're to put blood on the doorpost, on the right doorpost and on the left doorpost. And also I want you to put the blood of the lamb on the upper part of of the the doorpost, on the lintel of the doorpost. And so therefore it is completely surrounded when you walk through. You're not to put the blood down on the threshold. You're not to put the blood down. Uh, The blood was never intended to be trampled on. The blood was never to be applied to the feet, but it was intended to be put on the doorpost on both sides to where it is very close to the heart and that it is over your head. Do you see the typology in Scripture now? I'm making it easy on you tonight. This is not much of a call and response message right now because I'm dealing with your mind to understand. I want you to get the concept of what the lamb was to do. I wish so much I could have had an exemplary lamb here on the platform tonight so that you could see it as I was preaching the message. I want you to get the typology in this scripture so when you look through the book of Exodus, you will see that they were to roast the lamb after it was killed. And they were to eat every bit of the lamb. And they were to eat it all that night. And if there was any left over the next day, they were to take the lamb and they were to burn it. When they were eating the lamb, they were to eat the lamb with bitter herbs because as they ate the lamb, they were to be reminded of their bondage. It was to remind them of Egypt. The bitter herbs was intended to remind them of where they had been. And it was to remind them that God had delivered them out of that bondage. And God told Moses to tell the heads of household, I'm going to send a death angel. This is where the story gets real. 
now the first of every household is going to now be affected. Either they will be saved by the Lamb or they will be killed because they rejected the Lamb. The death angel is now going to pass over every house. The Lord said the death angel is going to pass over every street in every town and in every community. The death angel would pass over every hut and over every palace. From the peasant's hut to the Pharaoh's palace, the death angel is going to pay a visit. And when the death angel came by that house, He would be looking for a clear sign. There is only one thing that is going to save the house. It is when the blood is applied to the doorpost. When the... When the blood is put next to your heart and over your head. The only way that you're going to be saved. Oh, can I preach to somebody tonight and tell you that your only hope for redemption is by the shed blood of our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. And you can't just know about the blood. You've got to apply the blood to your life. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And so when the death angel came by that house, he would be looking for signs of the blood of the lamb. The firstborn lamb had to be kept and watched for days. The lamb, of course, is without spot and blemish. And the death angel would be looking for signs that that this, this lamb had been there. The death angel would be looking for signs of the blood on the doorpost. And on the lintel. And only those who were inside of the house would be saved. Those who decided to stay out all night were not under the protection of the blood. You had to be submitted To the order of the house. Only those that were inside. I can see. I can see in my mind's eye. As those children that night. Were running and playing inside the house. Maybe they were playing a little game of tag or hide and go seek and they thought oh it would be neat I'll run outside the house and hide around the corner of the door and when that little child began to run toward the door I can see that mama or that dad running to where that child is grabbing that child jerking them back saying no stay inside of the blood oh can I preach just a moment tonight Can I preach to some young people and young adults tonight and you wonder why your pastor stands in this pulpit and you wonder why your parents and your grandparents are telling you stay in the church, stay inside the blood, stay under the blood. It's because the only way that you are going to be saved is to stay under the protection of the blood. 
Only those who are inside of the house are safe. You have a choice. With the blood, without the blood, you'll be having a funeral. But if the blood was covering your house, you're going to be celebrating in the morning. Because not only is it deliverance from death, it is hope of complete deliverance in your future. Can I tell you what the blood's going to do? It not only, I'm preaching to you on this Easter Sunday night that the blood of Jesus has not only come to deliver you and set you free and prevent you from having death, but he has come that he may deliver you and give you a joyous morning. Weeping may have endured but for a night, but when the blood is applied to your house, joy is going to come in the morning. There is a blessing in staying inside the blood. But if there's a household that refuses to take the male lamb and refuses or ignores or just simply does not follow the pattern of the plan to put the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost, the death angel is going to enter that house and will take the firstborn of that household and will kill the firstborn of that house. Now do you see clearly the importance of that lamb. Watch, I already pointed out to you. Verse 3 said, take a lamb. Everybody say a lamb. Verse 4 says, refers to it as the lamb without spot or blemish. Everybody say the lamb. But verse 5 says, it refers to it as your lamb. <laughs> it's not just a lamb. And he's not just the lamb, but he's got to be my lamb. I got to know him. It's got to be personal with me. I brought him into my house. He is a covering over my doorpost. He is on the lintel of my heart. He is here in my house. I want you to know tonight that just any lamb won't do. I love preaching about this beautiful typology. Do you see it now tonight? This is why Jesus is my lamb. And just because that you've been close to him doesn't mean you've learned some things about him and you can tell some Sunday school stories by your evaluation. He appears to be a perfect lamb and you believe in him it's still not enough you've got to have the blood of the lamb applied to your life if you're going to be saved you must apply the blood you've got to have repentance you've got to have baptism in Jesus name and you must receive the baptism of his spirit you got to have the blood applied because if the death angel doesn't see the blood applied to the doorpost, it will not pass over. But the death angel is going to come and pay a visit to your home. It appears to be clear. But even though the possibility, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And it took God taking the lives of people, taking the lives of the firstborn, 
to get him to finally remove his hand in saying you can go. I want to tell you tonight that the way for your deliverance has already been paid. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. That means it was already in the plan of God to make a way for you because the Lord looked way ahead on Easter Sunday night in 2018 and he already knew where you were, what you were going through, what you were going to deal with and he said, I'm going to make a way for them. When nobody else can see a way out, there is still a way out for you because there was a plan from the very beginning because he knew where you are. The very hairs of your head were numbered from the very beginning. He already knew your days. He knew what where you were going to be. He knew where you were going to be sitting in this service tonight. And he came tonight to let you know that if you don't have the blood applied, there's going to be great sorrow in your future. But you can apply the blood of the Lamb to your life tonight. And on this Easter Sunday night... You can leave here knowing I'm going to have a party in the morning because my life is going to be saved. My family is going to be saved. And I will be delivered from the bondage of my past. But only when the lamb has become your lamb and you have applied the blood of the lamb to your home will the blood become your salvation. He's not just any lamb. He's not just the lamb. But he is my lamb. I won't be much longer tonight. But can I tell you about my lamb? My lamb was born in a stable in Bethlehem. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. My lamb confounded the religious leaders of that day when he was only a lad. My lamb was misunderstood and rejected of men. He was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. My lamb paid the price for my redemption on an old rugged tree. I can tell you tonight why I love my lamb. Because he paid a price. He paid a great debt. He became my savior and my salvation. My lamb bore my grief and carried my sorrow. My lamb took stripes upon his back for my healing. That's what my lamb will do. What about your lamb tonight? My lamb had a crown of thorns placed upon his head and his precious blood ran down. They plucked his beard from his face. They spat upon him and they mocked him. My lamb never opened up his mouth. But he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And he said, no man takes my life, but I willingly lay it down in your stead. Oh, friend of mine, that's just like my lamb. When you turn your back on him and you walk away from him and you reject him, here comes my lamb still pleading with you, still saying, come on back to me. Come on to me, all of ye that are weary. Come on back to me, all of you who have failed and messed up and made a mistake and walked away and trampled the blood under your feet. Come on back to me because the lamb paid the price and he never gives up reaching for you. The lamb is here tonight and he's reaching for you and he's wanting you to come back he's wanting you to come back into relationship with him oh I want to introduce you to my lamb tonight if you don't know him as your lamb tonight 
I want you to give me an opportunity to introduce you to my lamb. His name is Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. They buried him in a borrowed tomb. But three days later, he purchased my salvation. Oh, precious Lamb of God. Oh, precious blood of Jesus. Oh, what a Savior. I think the old songwriters got it right when they started singing about the blood and about the Lamb and about our Redeemer. I'm done preaching tonight. The musicians can come. But I want you to know if you don't know Him tonight and if you've not made Him your Lamb, tonight would be a good night to declare, I'm not leaving here tonight because I want there to be joy in the morning. I want there to be joy in my future. I'm going to make the lamb my lamb. I'm going to make it personal tonight. I'm going to apply that blood to the doorpost of my heart tonight. I want to know him. Stand with me all over the room. Throw your hands in the air from the front to the back. Cry out to him right now and let him know, oh precious lamb. Oh precious lamb. Come on, cry out to the Lord right now. Would somebody just lift your voice? Would you just cry out to him tonight? You can know him. You can know him tonight. On this Easter Sunday night, not a better day. Not a better time. What a great day. I spoke with Brother Bolinger. He told me, he said, Brother Jordan, by the way, Easter Sunday... I was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. This is a good day. Today in Lebanon, I had no idea. Today was Brother Coffinberry's spiritual birthday. His wife came to Easter. Spencer preached a marvelous message on Jesus today. And while he was preaching, I saw her as she stood to her feet and began to respond to the preach word of God. And as we went to altar call, I saw the tears flowing down her face. My wife stepped over to her, began to pray with her. And in just a few minutes, God baptized her with a wonderful, marvelous gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know tonight, if you don't know him, you can know him tonight he wants to be your lamb tonight would you make him your savior in this house tonight if you don't know him I dare you to step out from where you are would you just come charge this altar tonight and declare God I'm coming tonight because I want you to be my savior